Support for LAist comes from FX, presenting Justified, City Primeval. Raylan Givens is sent to Detroit where he collides with a sociopath and a formidable attorney, starring Timothy Oliphant and Anjanou Ellis. All episodes at fxnetworks.com FYC. Support comes from Gloria Kaufman Presents Dance at the Music Center, presenting the Joffrey Ballet's Anna Karenina, Tolstoy's psychological drama about the beautiful but married Anna caught in an affair with a dashing count at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, June 21st through 23rd. Tickets at musiccenter.org. Welcome to Air Talks TV Talk from LAS 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Every Thursday, I'm joined on Air Talk by professional TV critics to review and discuss the newest cable TV, broadcast, and streaming series. With so much content available, we know it's hard to pick something to watch, and we're here to help. All right, let's meet this week's critics. And I'm so glad to have with us Roxana Haddadi, who's television critic for Vulture, and Angie Han, TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. We start with the animated comedy on the Fox Network and streaming on Hulu, Grimsburg. Uh, this created by Catelyn McClelland and Matthew Schlizzle. Roxana, welcome, and please start us on Grimsburg. Thank you. Yeah, so Grimsburg is a animated series about a detective who is voiced by John Hamm, who returns to his odd hometown, uh, sort of in a little bit of shame, to like rebuild his life and sort of pick back up with his detective career. Um, there are elements of this show, the premiere of which is streaming on Hulu right now, that are really interesting and really odd. You can tell from the Grimsburg name that there's a little bit of a macabre feel to this town. Um, the detective character Marvin Flute has a son whose imaginary friend is a skeleton with burning eyeballs. There is some oddness, which I think makes it unique and worth checking out. Uh, so far, it feels in that Archer lane of very uh, quick-witted, a little bit vulgar, uh, playing with animation tropes. I don't know if I loved the first episode so much as I was intrigued by it and curious about where the idea could go. Um, and John Hamm was away for a little while and now it feels like he's everywhere. He's in Fargo, <laughs> yeah. he's in this, and it's interesting to see him do something a little bit different with his voice. It's a little bit gravelly. It's a little bit like H. John Benjamin and Will Arnett fused together. So I, I wouldn't say I 100% love it yet, but I'm definitely going to keep watching it. So that first episode of Preview that came out this week for audiences to get a taste of Grimsburg, and then in mid-February, the second episode airs and is released. There'll be a total of 13 of them. Angie, what do you think of Grimsburg? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is John Hamm doing something different with his voice and specifically he's doing Will Arnett, which I know because John Hamm has said publicly that he's imitating Will Arnett, which is kind of an odd choice. Um, I, I've seen the first four episodes and, you know, it's just this, it's this affectionate tongue in cheek send up on the detective drama tropes. So, you know, there's, a, there's an episode that's set 
uh, that's on, that takes place on the set of a true crime drama. There's one that's a, like sort of an Agatha Christie, Ryan Johnson style drawing room mystery. There's one that takes place at a sleepaway camp that is attacked by a slasher, uh, like a machete wielding serial killer. And all of it, all of it takes place in this little town that's famous for its high rate of killer clowns. Um, and it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, you know, as Roxana pointed out, there are a lot of elements that are really weird. Uh, Mar Marvin has a cyborg for a partner and a wife who was raised by bears and a boss who's part Sasquatch in addition to the imaginary skeleton best friend of his son. Um, but they're not, I don't think Grimsburg always kind of knows what to do with its ideas. Um, I found it to be a really mixed bag. Uh, the joke, the jokes are really fast paced, um, but, the, but a lot of them I only, found kind of funny so I didn't actually laugh that much it's not that they're annoyingly unfunny if they're just kind of missing that spark of surprise you get from a really good mm, joke like yeah. I kept waiting for like an escalation or a twist and that that never came a lot of times so I didn't I didn't hate it I think it has some potential uh, but I wished that considering that it has a lot of interesting elements it would be a little bit brighter or uh, more unique Grimsburg is on the Fox Network first episode is out and streaming on Hulu as well Echo is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, an adaptation of the Marvel Comics character. Um, Maya Lopez is the protagonist in this series, played by Alakwa Cox. The series Echo is on Disney Plus and on Hulu, created by Marion Dare. Roxana, what did you think? I uh, am going to take some words out of Angie's mouth when she was speaking about Grimsburg and say that I also found Echo to be a little bit of a mixed bag. So this is their first uh, series under the Marvel Spotlight banner, which Marvel is advertising as more of a standalone show effort. They're basically trying to tell you you don't need to have watched 20 Marvel movies before to come into this series and to know what's happening. Um, but I have watched 20 Marvel movies <laughs> and I still came into this feeling, uh, you know, like I was missing a little bit. So I think the series comes with uh, some awkward pacing in the beginning. It sort of introduces this Maya character, but it doesn't fully contextualize her. So I found the first three episodes really challenging to get into and to know about this world. But then the last two are really engaging um, and the action picks up, the pacing picks up. I think Alakwa Cox gets more to do in those episodes. Um, and there is this real focus on indigenous Choctaw culture that I thought was handled really beautifully where the episodes sort of jump around in time and you're getting like a creation story and you're also getting information about how the culture played out, you know, centuries ago. And also now, I just think the five episodes, I don't know how much people want to sit through three of those for the final two to really get good. I wish that this was almost like a hundred minute movie, but I do think that as a binge, if you were going to watch them all at once, that's probably the way to go. And the supporting acting is really great. Tantu Cardinal is wonderful. Graham Greene is wonderful. Devery Jacobs is here. And the one thing I will say again is that this is a Marvel spotlight uh, production, but it does basically set up the Daredevil reboot called Daredevil Born Again. <laughs> so it's your typical Marvel thing. I where need a flowchart. 
Yeah, exactly. You need a flowchart. You need a PowerPoint. Um, I think there are moments here that are really fun. I just think it takes maybe too long to really find itself. We're talking about the new series Echo, all five episodes, which are just out on Disney Plus and on Hulu. It's rated TVMA. Ted is a prequel of the feature film Ted, also coming from Seth MacFarlane. Uh, the series, not surprisingly, given the content of the film, is rated TVMA. Angie, what did you think of this prequel seven-episode series, Ted? Oh, I mean, are we allowed to use the term mixed bag yet again? <laughs> Why not? Um, right. So, you know, as you know, in the movie, Ted, uh, the movie was about Mark Wahlberg as this middle-aged layabout whose best friend was a foul-mouthed talking teddy bear come to life and voiced by Seth MacFarlane. Uh, and the show is set in the 1990s and follows Ted and John, the Wahlberg character, when John was a teenager. Um, and compared to something like Grimsburg, I thought it had some lower lows, but also higher highs. It's basically Ted, the Ted version of a 1990s family sitcom like Roseanne or Married with Children shows that you actually see the characters watching at some point, uh, which means, you know, you've got the sort of storyline, you've got a lot of storylines that you might expect about the, about them taking a sex ed class or getting bullied in school or the parents or their parents, you know, trying to work on their marriage, but they're all overlaid with that Ted's sense of humor, which is very crass, lots of sex jokes and dick jokes and masturbation jokes and, you know, so on and so forth, lots of bad words, the sort of kind of quote unquote offensive jokes that kind of come up right up to the line of being actually offensive, but then try to rein it in before anyone can get really mad and all done in this like, aren't I so naughty smirk? Um, and maybe you can tell from that that it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's not necessarily mine, but I do feel like Ted lets you know really early on what that sensibility is going to be. You can take it or leave it. And if nothing else, I appreciate that it has its own strong, distinctive voice. Uh, but for, for the problem for me was that Ted is really just too long. I know that sounds like kind of a lazy complaint, but since it's still structured like one of those half-hour comedies, which, you know, if you're talking about the sort of broadcast comedies that's aping, that's 22 minutes plus commercials. You know, these episodes really drag when they average 40 minutes. The longest one is 50 minutes. Uh, they feel really shaggy and meandering. And uh, I, I kept finding myself wondering what a version of this that really had to distill it that really had to edit down to its best bits might have been like um all that said there was stuff that here that i thought worked pretty well uh, i liked when it was particularly kind of silly or did or took something in an interesting direction like my favorite episode is when ted and john try to get back at a bully which you know standard sitcom plot but then they try to but they do it by trying to pretend to be his absentee father and then accidentally develop weird paternal feelings for him it culminates in like ted's version of that classic like two kids in a trench coat gag it's very silly it felt very ted in that it's sort of dark and irreverent but also weirdly yeah. sweet um so i mean i don't know i mean and some of the endless barrage of filthy jokes are really good it's just that for everyone i laughed yeah. at there were several more that i felt like yeah i could take or leave this one so you know i kept thinking there is some really good stuff here i just wish that it would have been easier to appreciate without so much bloat around it we're but talking if we're, you like the movie ted you should watch this one we're talking about the peacock streaming new series ted a prequel to the feature film from seth mcfarland all seven episodes just out today and streaming on Peacock. Coming up, we'll talk about the Netflix series, The Brothers' Son, uh, Michelle Yeoh starring in that series, and For All Mankind in its fourth season on Apple TV+. Plus. That's an 
alternative version of 1969 in which the Soviet Union beats the U.S. to the moon and the space race continues on after that. We'll hear what uh, Roxana says about that. This is TV Talk from LAist 89.3. We'll be right back after this. Support for LAist comes from Apple TV Plus. Presenting Masters of the Air, starring Austin Butler and Callum Turner. From award-winning executive producers Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and Gary Getzman. Gold Derby hails this series a masterpiece, and Collide raves that it is spectacular. Following this podcast, you can hear remarks from stars Austin Butler, Callum Turner, and Anthony Boyle. More on Masters of the Air at fyc.appletvplus.com. Support for LAS comes from Gloria Kaufman Presents Dance at the Music Center. Presenting the Joffrey Ballet's Anna Karenina. Love is all-consuming for the beautiful but married Anna who, in the pursuit of passion, finds herself caught in a life-changing affair with a dashing count. Set in the late 19th century, Tolstoy's psychological drama set to live orchestra makes its debut at the Music Center's Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Four performances June 21st through June 23rd. Tickets available at musiccenter.org. Hi, this is Larry Mantle, and you're listening to Air Talks TV Talk, a weekly review of the newest cable TV, broadcast, television, and streaming series. Let's get back to reviews. Right now, our attention is on television and uh, The Brother's Son, starring Michelle Yeoh and Justin Chien. Uh, the film, uh, the series, I should say, is created by Brad Falchuk and Byron Wu. Uh, it's a Netflix streaming series. All eight episodes have recently been released. Roxana, please tell us about the series. Um, I just looked up a synonym for mixed bag. So we <laughs> Good. wouldn't you got do that again. So <laughs> I got another one. So I'm going to say that the brother's son is a real hodgepodge. Uh, I reviewed this one for Vulture. Um, and I said that, you know, Michelle Yeoh could do this in her sleep. This is a character which she has done many times before. She is playing a woman named Eileen Sun, who is married to the head of a Taiwanese triad. And basically, years ago, the family split up. So her husband uh, and their son, uh, Charles, stayed in Taiwan and ran the organized crime side of things. Eileen and her son, Bruce, moved to L.A., and basically went incognito uh, within LA's middle class. So they split up the family to be safe. And of course, what happens to set off the series is that there is an assassination attempt that sends Charles to LA to protect Eileen and Bruce. So there's a real like opposites attract sort of thing happening where Charles is the hardened assassin who secretly really loves baking and Bruce is the softer younger son who is really into improv. The brothers don't get along. There's a lot of very sort of predictable humor from the fact that they each resent each other a little bit. And then also somewhat predictably, they grow closer together over the course of the season. I thought there was a lot of tonal inconsistency in this one. Sometimes it is very much in a comedic family vein and other times it is full of these really beautifully choreographed but very violent uh, fight scenes. So it sort of felt like the brother son couldn't figure out to me what it wanted to be. But every time Michelle Yeoh is on screen is just such a wow. delight. She has complete control of this Eileen character. 
who, you know, has her own ambitions about running the triad. She gets a lot of opportunities for deadpan humor, which she does very well. I just think like so many Netflix shows, yeah. it has a little bit of a bagginess in the middle of the season. Um, so this might not be one you want to binge. Okay. But I think if you're into the action sequences and if you like Michelle Yeoh, which we all should, yeah. it, it might be worth checking out. Yeah, the uh, the uh, remarkable Michelle Yeoh. Angie, we're getting tight on time, but your thoughts about the brother's son? I think I more or less concur with Roxana. I mean, between this, everything, everywhere, all at once, and American Board Chinese, Michelle Yeoh has really cornered the market on um, unassuming Asian auntie who has the most insane secret you could possibly <laughs> imagine. But that doesn't make it any less fun to watch. I also thought that Justin Chen as the uh, the hardened gangster who secretly loves baking was a lot of fun. Um, but the I think what Roxana referred to the tonal inconsistency of it makes it feel like a little bit less than the sum of its parts i mean i had a lot of there were i, I felt like i had a fun a lot of time while i was watching it but at the end it didn't seem to kind of amount to as much as i was hoping we're talking about the action comedic drama the brother's son it's streaming on netflix all eight episodes out now and the fourth season of apple tv plus is for all mankind starring joel kinnaman and ren schmidt uh, are out uh, ronald d moore matt wolpert and ben nadivi are the creators of the sci-fi drama roxana what do you think of this latest season uh, I'm a big fan of this latest season. The season finale is January 12th. Uh, I have really enjoyed just how willing this season has been to transform these characters, as you mentioned, played by Joel Kinnaman, Chris Marshall, Ren Schmidt, from the heroes that we have seen them to be, these people who are pushing for the exploration of space and discovery and all of that. And this season, they're really villains. Uh, the U.S. and Russia have sort of joined forces to almost industrialize, imperialize space. Uh, and so this season has really talked about what would it look like if there were a class war between astronauts who are sort of elitist and the actual workers who are working on like the moon base or the Mars base or these other places to support them. Um, and I don't know if that storyline is as nuanced necessarily as it could be, but it has a lot of timeliness and I think it sort of makes us reassess the character arcs that we've watched up until this point. Um, and the show just has a lot of fun, I think, with needle drops, with how space looks, with the practical things that they're doing to put us in this place. So if you haven't watched the show, and I feel like unfortunately not enough people have, I think this would be a good opportunity, you know, to catch up with those prior seasons and then to really dig into season four. All right. For all mankind, the season finale, as Roxana just said, releases tomorrow on Apple TV Plus in its fourth season. My thanks to our TV critics for joining us, Angie Han of The Hollywood Reporter, Roxana Haddadi of Vulture. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Air Talks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. If you like what you heard, please subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Support for LAist comes from Apple TV Plus, presenting Masters of the Air. Austin Butler stars as Major Gale Buck Clevin. He was one of the best pilots. Some say he was the best pilot in the in the eights, and he was a man of few words and a man of action. 
a, a remarkable, intelligent guy who went on to also fly in Korea and, and Vietnam. And, and I think we've tried to portray him as, as true to life as possible. You go up for eight hours, say, and you don't know if you're going to come back. Sometimes it's the most horrific things you've ever seen. And then you come back and people are wearing suits and ties and or they're going to London and they're getting a hamburger and they're meeting women and they're having a party and then you go up and you do it again day after day of that. I think that definitely it, that has a bizarre psychological toll. Anthony Boyle, who plays reluctant navigator Lieutenant Harry Crosby, explains the physical demands on the actors. There's a plane on a massive sort of crane kind of thing, and you sort of get loaded up, and it's a tiny little sort of door that you have to get through. And you've got all the sort of the gear on, and you get so hot up there that we had these things that F1 drivers wear, these like vests, cooling vests. You sort of plug them in, and then you're up there all day. It was tough at times. You're up there for, you know, seven hours, and there's four or five fixed cameras in the plane. 360-degree screen around you. You can't get in or out because it takes so long to get the gimbal up. So it was, um, I was going to say it was a lot of fun, but it wasn't. It was It was grueling at times. Like the rest of the cast, Callum Turner, who stars as Major John Bucky Egan, was thrilled to work with the same executive producer team behind the Emmy-winning Band of Brothers and The Pacific. Well, it's just really exciting, actually, because... It's what you want to do. You know, you want to be working with people that inspire you. We've got four, five really incredible directors, you know, who've made beautiful, beautiful pieces of work. And to represent the Air Force, the Air Corps, it's a real privilege. You know, this, these real people who sacrifice their lives and you are responsible for telling their story. You know, you're responsible for the souls of these men. And uh, I think Austin and I, felt that. Gold Derby hails this series as a masterpiece. More on Masters of the Air at fyc.appletvplus.com.